Let us pray. Lord, we pause now to to quiet our minds, to quiet our hearts, and to open them, to be receptive to the movement of your spirit, to the reading of your word, and as these words, your word is read, we ask that your gospel message will infuse them, that these words will come alive for us in, in new and meaningful ways for us this morning, that you will use them to stir upon us to convict us, to, to move us uh, on, on to perfection, to make us more Christ-like in our nature. Lord, we ask that you clear away any, any distractions or thoughts that may compete for our attention and that we will wholly receive the instruction of your Spirit as it is here among us right now. We thank you for your Spirit. We thank you for its presence and the time that we have with you and with each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 31. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to them, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today... And tomorrow is thrown into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This week being the first week of Advent, we are starting a a new sermon series. And this year I thought uh, something that that might be interesting to do is to look at a a classic Christmas movie that that many of you are probably familiar with. And that's It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. 
And uh, this, this movie is, has kind of always been a tradition for me to watch this every year. Um, and, and so what I want to do is, is each week of the Advent season to take one of the characters and to look at them and see what we can learn from them and how it relates to Scripture and how it relates to uh, Christmas and its, its meaning and its relevance for us. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, you should see it because it's a wonderful movie. Um, if, if you haven't seen it, then, then go do that soon. Um, if, if not, you're, you're going to be okay. You'll still be able to hear my, my sermon and, and understand what I'm saying. And, um, there may be some spoilers in there, but it's been out since 1947. Y'all have had plenty of time to see it by now. But this week we're going to start the series and we're going to start by talking about Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter was the mean old banker in town who owned pretty much everything in the, this town of Bedford Falls. Mr. Potter owned the, uh, the, the, uh, all the lands, the housing, he owned the bank, and the one thing that he didn't own was the Bailey Brothers building and loan. And, uh, and that was owned by George Bailey, but first it was owned and started by his father, um, and it was a place where people who were less fortunate would come and receive loans uh, to, to build houses and to build property with, people that, that Mr. Potter had turned down. Mr. Potter was a very um, greedy person. He was a very vengeful and hateful person. He couldn't understand why the Baileys would want to help anybody because there was no money in it for them. And as far as he was concerned, all it was doing was keeping him from making even more money than what he already had. The American Film Institute rated Mr. Potter uh, number six on its list of greatest movie villains of all time. So we know that this was a, a very, very sick and evil, twisted man. In fact, in one part of the movie, George Bailey, the main character, the protagonist, tells Mr. Potter that he is a warped and frustrated old man. And that's exactly where greed will take us. It will warp us. It will distort our judgment and the way that we see the world around us, the way we see other people, and it will frustrate us. Because no matter what we have, if we are consumed with the idea of, of having, then we will always want more. Mr. Potter was a lot like the man that Jesus is talking about in the parable here. He tells the story of a man who, who has everything and, and, and still he, he, he can't relax. He's worried about what's going to happen to it. And as he has spent his whole life gathering and gathering and receiving and getting wealthy... He's finally decided he's going to build a storehouse, a barn big enough to hold all of it. And at, and at this one final moment, he says, okay, now I can relax. I've got everything I need to be happy. And then God says, tonight your soul is required of you. Mr. Potter could have easily faced the same fate at any point in time as he spent his whole life trying to gain more and more as he spent his whole life trying to get control over everything, every property, over every one, every citizen, his life was wasted because he spent the whole life trying to build up his own kingdom. Now we look at this and we say, okay, well, I'm not that greedy. I don't, I don't try to take over the whole town and to take over everybody's money, and I want, I want less fortunate people to have things, so I'm not like Mr. Potter. But the truth is, we all face the temptation to be greedy in our own way. 
It may not have anything to do with money. It may not have anything to do with property. Sometimes we are just greedy with what we have control over. Just as Mr. Potter couldn't stand the thought of not having control over the, the, the uh, Bailey building and loan, uh, so sometimes we cannot stand the thought of, of there being an area in our life that we can't control. We want to control things. We want to be in charge. We want to know that the outcome is going to go how we have planned it. And this happens especially at Christmas time, I think. We start making all our plans, all our arrangements. We want to have the perfect season. We want to throw the perfect party, be the perfect host, give the perfect gift. And it doesn't even always have to be about getting something. Sometimes it is just simply our pride wanting to take control. It is us wanting to know that we can make an outcome happen exactly how we have planned it. The thing about that is it can cause a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. Because whenever we are trying to control everything, it stresses us out. We are putting a lot on our plate that was not intended to be there. And essentially what we are doing is we are focusing inward and we are focusing on our own kingdom, the kingdom of self. You see, Jesus concluded this passage by saying, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. In other words, if you aren't so fixated on trying to control everything and you are just simply fixated on the kingdom of God, then things are going to work out. But the more you try to control, the more you fret, the more you worry, the more stressed out and anxious you're going to become. And he says, look at the ravens. They're just birds, but they have food. Look at the lilies. They grow and they're, they're, they're clothed in splendor that not even King Solomon had. And if God cares for these things, how much more do you think he cares for you? So be anxious for nothing but seek the kingdom of God. And we know that to be true. We, we say that and we, we, we preach it throughout the year. But at Christmas time it becomes a little bit harder because there's so many plans to be made. There are so many things that we want to control, so many outcomes we want to force to happen. And when we do that, we lose sight of the true kingdom, his kingdom. And we are focusing on a kingdom that we are building for ourselves. And that was Mr. Potter's problem. He was focusing on his own kingdom. He was a self-made man. Everything that he had done in his life had been for himself. Now, I don't think that he was always like that. I don't think that he was born that way. But somewhere along the way, he became that way. He lost his joy, he lost his compassion, he lost a feeling of empathy for other people. Now, Mr. Uh, Potter's um, opposite in the film is, is George Bailey, and before that is George Bailey's father who started the building and loan, and, and he was a con man who wanted to help everyone. And I can't remember the exact wording, but I know that after he passed away, they had a picture hanging up of him in the office, and there was a quote from him underneath about the only thing you can take with you when you go is the love that you shared while you were on the earth. And that is the complete opposite of Mr. Potter's philosophy, where he wanted to get all that he could while he was on earth. He wanted to gain control over everything while he was here on earth, focusing on his own kingdom. The Advent season is a wonderful season. It's just one of my favorite seasons, and not just because I like the color purple, uh, but it's, it's one of my favorite seasons because it is a, a holy and divine mystery. We are waiting for the kingdom to come 
as we declare that the kingdom is already present among us. We sing that song, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We are saying, O come, Lord Jesus, please come soon, and we await his return. But even as we do that, we get to the chorus, and we sing, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come. It is the kingdom that is here, it is among us, but yet it is the kingdom that is to come. It is the kingdom that we wait for. We, as we await Christ's return, just as long ago the, the, the people of Israel awaited the birth of the Messiah, the arrival of the Messiah, we also know that he is with us even now. Even here in these words that Christ is speaking to us day by day, that he is showing us the way to live, the way to treat each other, the way to enjoy the season for what it's worth by simply acknowledging his kingdom over our own. Now, before we cast too many stones at Mr. Potter, and and he was a a bad, bad guy, but before we, we just completely demonize him, we have to look at ourselves, and that's a difficult thing. We have to look at ourselves and ask, are there any things in our lives that we are trying too hard to gain control over? Is there things, is there something in our life that our pride will not allow us to relinquish? to let go of. Because if so, then we are doing the same thing Potter did. And, and that frustrated him. As George Bailey said, it made him a warped and frustrated old man. Old man uh, he was warped because his judgment was distorted. He couldn't see things for how they really were. But he was frustrated because there was always going to be something that he couldn't get. And if we're not careful, we can become warped and we can become frustrated when things don't go exactly our way. One of the the things that we reflect on during the Advent season is joy. The joy that we have from knowing that God is with us. But we can't have joy if we're frustrated. The Advent season, I know, is a difficult time. Christmas is a difficult time for, for many of us. As we juggle things that are normally routine, but we add more things to our schedule. Paying bills, things that come up every month that we do and seems routine becomes a little bit harder because we have more to pay for, more to buy for, more to plan for. Routine things like uh, appointments, schedules, they become a little bit more difficult because we have more things to schedule. And so we feel like we, we are spinning too many plates at one time and we become anxious, we become stressed out. And that's when we do well to listen to Jesus' words. Relax. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. But instead, seek my kingdom. And all of these things will work out for you. We can't allow ourselves to be warped. We can't allow ourselves to lose our joy. Because when we do, we will also lose our compassion. And Mr. Potter had no compassion for the people who were in need because he was only focused on himself and on what he couldn't have. He lost his joy somewhere along the way. He lost his compassion, and all because he became obsessed with his own kingdom. He became obsessed with this idea that it wasn't possible for him to control everything, and it frustrated him just like it could frustrate us. If we're not careful, we can easily fall into that same trap. And Like I said, it doesn't have to be about money or property, or anything like that, we can fall into the trap of believing that we are in control of things, that in reality, 
we are not in control of. We can become anxious, and anxiety can undo us, and it can warp us. Do not be anxious for your life, is what Jesus said. If we want to experience true joy this season and every season, we can't be like Potter. We have to relinquish our control. We have to know when to let go and let God meet our needs. After all, it's his kingdom that we are a part of. And as children of that kingdom, we can take comfort in the promise of Emmanuel, that God is with us. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for all the times that we try so hard to control everything, when in reality we are in control of nothing. It is you who allows the earth to rotate on its axis, who allows us to take our next breath. And so, Lord, we ask that you help us to live in a way that acknowledges that. But more than that, Lord, we ask that you help us to seek your kingdom first above all else and to allow you to take care of us and to meet us in our time of need. For we will become frustrated if we only focus on the things we can't control. We thank you, Lord, today and every day for the promise of Emmanuel, that you are with us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is hymn number 217, Away in a Manger. If you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you and encourage you to come forward as we sing. But please stand if you are able. Hymn number 217, Away in a Manger.